0: So yesterday I have been you know, guiding us on a meditation on the four elements. And that's a, a classic uh, meditation in the four fields of mindfulness. It's the first one, the first, first of the four Satipatthana, foundation of body. And uh, and when we do this this meditation, it becomes... It comes into our experience that we, uh, you know, there's really no inner and outer. It's just a a concept, really. And in reality, we never cut the umbilical cord, you know, between ourselves and the planet or the whole universe. There's a constant uh, exchange happening through breathing and eating and drinking. And we just need to try to stop breathing for three or four minutes and we have a direct experience of how true that really is. So we can check it out, you know, any moment, but still the power of the concept is so strong. So that gives us an idea about, you know, what a relentless application this work needs in order to really chip away at these very deep and grained patterns of... um, You know, projecting onto our experience and, you know, thinking and acting as if we were separate from each other and separate from the planet. Even, you know, we just need to stop breathing for four minutes and we have this direct experience. No, that's not really so. But still the patterns are so deep. And therefore, you know we need to just do it on a regular basis, do it very often because it's a it's a it's a cultivation process um you know making oneself familiar with something, and that can only come through interest and and uh repetition, just any kind of skill you know which we wanna learn like driving a car or playing an instrument, if we don't put in the time, it's just not going to happen. And this is not, not different. It also needs the the willingness you know, to put in the time and the energy. And then it can really help us to slowly but surely in a shift the identification from personal me to an ever greater Experience until then it completely drops away and uh, and then you know we start to increasingly understand on a, on a heart level that we are really part of nature and that we are really part of something much bigger than ourselves, and that gives us a, a feeling of enrichment, and that enrichment is really the basis for for letting go because letting go comes from fear of you know, not having enough, not being safe, always you know, thinking about the future, having many different so-called lack projects, like David Loy calls it lack projects. For example, you know not having enough money, and then in the future when I have enough money, then I'm going to be how I really want to be, or when I have enough fame or when I have found a partner, you know, my ideal partner who who kind of uh, completes me. Or when my body is finally looking like on the magazine covers. Or, you know, when I have enough time. All of those different leg projects, they always keep us trapped in the future, in the future, in the future. And... Uh, they are very deeply, deeply ingrained, and through the practice we we start to you know step out and step into the present moment experience and see what's really happening and the meditation on the four elements is just one way you know how we can do that coming into the present and seeing or experience what is really happening right now, for example, like you know hardness earth element just feeling you know yourself sitting on the chair on the cushion that that hardness the solidity that's earth element that's what's really happening right now and uh, so connecting with something bigger than ourselves and that's also one of the original meanings of the word religion which comes from the Latin word ligare, which means to bind or to connect. So it means to reconnect, to rebind us to something bigger than ourselves. And, uh, you know, that recognition of value, which comes to us not through the intellect, but uh, through the heart or through intuition, like this wordless, communication with something which is cannot really be named and uh, we start to recognize then you know that each of us has the totality of the universe at our base so we are kind of if we go into that meditation we we start to get an inkling get an intuition get a, like a moment of of opening where we really recognize, yeah, it's really true. I'm part of something much, much bigger than myself. And that's like, you know, the preciousness of human life that we have this kind of self reflective consciousness that we can really recognize when we have an experience like that. And then, you know, we can, we can uh, put practices into our lives which can help us to have these experiences more uh, regularly. And, and then, through those experiences, chipping away at these conditionings, those leg projects. And my first teacher, Buddha Dasa, he was often saying, you know, having something better than usual. You know, instead of having a new skirt or a new shirt, he would say, you have this recognition of that which cannot be named really. But it's it's not so having something more, but it's the opposite. It's letting go of something, putting something down. So it's not accumulating more, but letting go. And... Uh, For example, the, the trees in, in the fall or in autumn, they teach us very well, you know, about letting go. And only you know, like dead deciduous trees, they keep the leaves on. But the the trees which are alive, they drop the leaves because they're getting prepared, you know, for hard times, for winter time. They want to save energy, so they they let go of the leaves. And that's a sign of health because they are so connected, you know, with the way things are, that they know it's hard times are coming, L- dropping the leaves is, is a good preparation for that. And this uh, that, uh, process is called abscission, and that comes from the Latin word sindere, which means to cut, and our word scissors also comes from that word. So that's a sign of good health to let go. And, uh, you know, that's really the hallmark of the Buddha's teaching. If we want to simply express what that is, it's like how do I deal with this, what's happening in the present moment? And what do I want to do with this? You know, do I want to grasp onto it? Or do I want to understand what is going on and that's a, a decision we can make every moment really and that's what the practice is is really all about not only you know on the meditation cushion but also in daily life because the practice on the cushion is just here you know to get us ready to live a life which is more in accordance with truth where there is less less suffering and where there is less uh, need for, for those lag projects, you know, which are destroying the biosphere. Because we all, you know, have so many leg projects going, it takes too much energy of the planet, it takes too much. So it's a spiritual. Illness, you know, which we all have, really have this amount of fear and and need for, you know, shoring ourselves up with uh, the different options, you know, which we have in in our culture, and while doing this, you know, not even recognizing what a mess we are uh, producing, and that safety, you know, which we wanted from those leg projects. Is not happening. We are we are making it all more difficult, not only for ourselves but for so many other than human beings as well. So it's a real mess, really, and and that's a sign also for our immaturity, really. So it's not that we are bad or anything, but it's it's a sign for the immaturity, like you know, like a small child which just doesn't understand. And now somehow we are coming to the next step in our evolution where we do start to understand, where we do see the connections between our behavior and what's happening on the planet. And in particular, you know, the injustice which is Part of all of this, you know, that it's in a big scale, it's those people who have actually less contributed to the changes of the biosphere who are getting the most repercussions. So that's like a big burden, you know, really to allow to digest it. But it's it's really it's necessary because it keeps us on the surface. You know, if we don't digest that, then we're always gonna be you know living in reactivity and not really connecting. And if we're not really connecting, then we don't know you know our own creativity and we don't know what to do. And then you know we we start spinning. You know, feeling guilty, feeling confused, not knowing what to do, and so on and so forth. But you need to go deeper. Need to drop deeper in. So really, to remember, you know, where do I wanna go? And with my life and with my practice. And what is, what is a appropriate response? And uh, yeah, the first thing is for sure is you know to understand how we relate to our experience. Because the experience itself is secondary in, in terms of the Buddha's teaching. The experience is secondary, but the, how we are relating to it, that's what is most important. This is where we have... Capacity to do something. Because we can't really control our experience, but we can learn to cultivate responses, you know, which lead to more insight, which lead to more freedom, which lead to letting go of uh, delusion and greed and hatred as well. And uh, you know, having an interest in in what's happening. That means, you know, also being really with our experience but it's not coming from uh, grasping which like gets very tight and gets like tunnel vision but interest is something different, you know, there's a spaciousness with it and that's You know, the second of the seven factors of awakening, dhamma Vichaya, having an interest in in what is happening in our experience. And also this uh, joy or or pity, also one of the seven factors of awakening, which comes, you know, which is that sense of enrichment. When we are recognizing we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. So those qualities, they open the path into, into increasing freedom from this need you know to invest in those leg projects. And you know, the subtle joy of not wanting anything. And in the meditation we can experience it. You know, when the mind is really um, settled, in the present moment, not attaching, you know, to something in the future or something in the past, but really being with what is. There is this sense of, of uh, you know, all wishes are actually fulfilled, without needing to, you know, get anything. And uh, you know, that's what we call temporary liberation of the mind, or Sometimes it's also called a little nibbana, like a taste of nibbana, and uh, you know that's using our innate drive for for happiness, using that as bring up the energy to practice. And instead you know, of looking for that happiness in those so-called "leg" projects in the future when we have enough money, have enough beauty, have enough fame or all of those things and directing that drive towards a different kind of happiness which comes from not wanting anything. So a a natural course change, you know, still being in, in connection with that wish for happiness, but no longer looking in places which are not really working on many levels. And that, you know, that the course change happens naturally through becoming increasingly more sensitized to the way things truly are, through practicing. And when the mind really clearly sees, it it does adapt. It naturally responds, you know, with uh, letting go. And that's, you know, and I spoke about that yesterday. You know, when we have uh, experience of deep insight on the path, the path and fruit moments, then there is a mind moment which is called Anuloma chitta or adaptation moment. This is the mind has really seen so deeply, it adapts to the way things truly are and permanently lets go of certain, you know, layers certain filters. And that's exactly you know what can help us, you know, not only in in regards to realizing the way things truly are according to the Buddha's teaching, you know, and realizing Nibbana, but also in a way of realizing how we can live here on this planet and to adapt to that as well. So we have to adapt in many many ways. Not only you know, looking for freedom in in the practice in terms of realizing you know ultimate freedom nibbana, but also while we are practicing being in full connection with what's happening right now here on the planet and adapt to that as well because it has to go hand in hand. It's it's a double practice. We can't really, you know, hide It doesn't really work. So this is adaptation to truth. And you know, when we look in the scriptures, there is like little uh, uh, Samanera monks in the time of the Buddha, little boys, 10 years old, 12 years old, they have realized that. So it's not... You know, an intellectual huge uh, endeavor. It it's something else. You know, it's it's a capacity for connecting with the way things are, and a, a sense of interest, caring enough, and coming back again and again. You know, when we when we recognize that we are getting lost in one of those leg projects again, and then you know, connecting. Yeah, there is this a drive for happiness which we all have and we don't need to lose ourselves because of that but we can really turn that around and use it as a fuel for our practice not only you know, for our own happiness but for, for the happiness of, of all So when we experience the temporary liberation of the mind, then we have a taste of how that really works. It's the result of letting go. And uh, the ego goes into abeyance for some time. It's like, you know, like lying down and uh, being quiet for a time and then we can have this taste of uh, total freedom from wanting anything and you know that's why I think that this practice is very uh, profoundly important for us, you know, if we want to um, respond to the ecological crisis on this planet, because it has something to do with those lag projects, it has something to do with the fear of, you know, not having enough, not being safe enough, and then doing all kinds of uh, things, and they all don't really work, and they create a lot of havoc on the on the way. So the you know the reduction of this uh, needing and you know, also so much um, resources it it is a spiritual illness really, which we try to cover over with this, and we have to stop now really it's seriously stop we must stop so as I said yesterday, then the only thing what we can do is we need to work on our minds. Because that's the only way how we can uh, really take care of this. We can't take care of this with science or technology. It's impossible. We can do something in that regard, but that can't really... it alone we have to also work on our minds and on our hearts and uh, you know take in the the, take in the fact you know that we are beings with a self-reflexive consciousness and we Know what we are doing and we know what's going on and we can change and you know, we can make different choices. And that is a real privilege, you know, to have this uh, human life with a self-reflexive consciousness. And we can choose, you know, to take part in the healing of the world. We can take stock of what we are doing and change direction but for that we need to really look otherwise it's not going to happen and that's what the Buddha's teaching is all about what do I do with this, what's happening right now And, you know, stepping out of this leg projects, stepping out of the old conditioning and allowing life itself, you know, to work through us. But instead, you know, of of thinking about this or that, this or that, stepping out of that and, and connecting with you know, that which we are an intricate part of. And, you know, we can uh, do that right now by turning to the body and to the breath. And we can do that every time, you know, we remember it. Not only, you know, in a formal retreat, but when we... You know, go into the meeting when we go into the supermarket when we go, to, you know, go to the underground. Any time we can do this. So turning to the body and the breath because they help to ground us and relax us and help us to open to the way things truly are. So a deeper and wider knowing and feeling and that you know we are part of the unfolding of life on earth. And we can make ourselves consciously available for that. While at the same time, you know, also practicing for full realization. That's not um, two separate enterprises or anything, that belongs together. And even the Buddha, he lived over 2,650 years ago in the Iron Iron Age, India. He didn't know anything about climate change, I don't think. But the practice is always the same. Being with our experience as it is, But the experience as it is right now, not as it was 2,650 years ago in India, but how it is now. And and certain elements have changed, you know. Not the principles, not the laws of nature, they haven't changed. We can bring this, you know, ancient practice, right now into this moment. We can again, you know, start with uh, becoming aware of the body sitting. And breathing, and then greeting the teeth a little bit again, and being becoming aware of hardness, solidity, structure, earth element. this whole body is permeated by earth element. We can start on the top of the head feeling hardness especially in the skull bones teeth, earth element and then coming to the neck with the vertebrae, earth element. Both shoulders, earth element. One upper arm earth element, lower arm earth element, a hand earth element, the other upper arm earth element. Lower arm, earth element. Hand, earth element. And then the torso with the spine and the rib cage, earth element. Pelvis hips, earth element, one upper leg, earth element, lower leg, earth element, foot, earth element, then the other upper leg, earth element, lower leg, earth element, and foot, earth element. The whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally, like the mountains and the stones, are exactly the same earth element. There is no difference. Earth element is empty. Empty of a self. and then you know where the body touches the cushion that's the so-called external earth element and we can uh, feel the gravity which pulls us towards the planet relaxing into that pull Letting all tension sink into the ground. This vast planet. With each breath, you know, we sink in deeper. Mindfulness awareness goes deeper into the planet into the depths the earth element and you know recognizing the constant exchange through eating there's also water element, drinking temperature, fire element And wind element, breathing, (coughs) constant give and take. Never separate, not one moment. So allowing the mind, you know, to experience that vastness in front of us. Earth element, to one side, Earth element, behind us, Earth element, the other side earth element and underneath us earth element. We are supported by the earth. We are deeply connected with this planet And through this planet, deeply connected with the whole universe, which has given birth to this planet with its biosphere. We are much vaster than what we usually assume. When we are, you know, busy running about, contracted around grasping about certain emotions, when the mind is not open. But when the mind is open, like now, it can appreciate that truth, it can see it. The vastness, the spaciousness, the stillness which doesn't end at the walls of this room, the stillness, the spaciousness is limitless. and when the mind you know wanders off and wants to contract around the thought when you recognize it just checking you know what feeling tone is connected with that thought is it pleasant Then, then it's probably related to greed is it unpleasant probably related to ill will or aversion or neither nor delusion. But if the mind can stay open and spacious then it can experience that subtle joy of letting go. the taste of a little taste of Nibbana and you know comparing the mind when it is open like this to when it wants something how much more pleasant the open mind is mind free of grasping how much more relaxed and it's really important to intuitively recognize the, how preferable the mind is which is free of grasping. The subtle joy, pity, or contentment which comes from letting go. It's a relief, temporary relief. wholesome joy you know which is a integral part of the path a tool for energizing our path it has a true function it's one of the seven factors of awakening It's not just a pleasant experience but it's also one of the factors of awakening. And it comes to us through recognizing this uh, deep sense of openness and connection at the same time. When the ego is just uh, you know lying down basically and not bothering us with its endless demands And experiencing that subtle joy helps us also to not take the ego so seriously. allowing the mind to be what it is, it's like a mirror or like the wide open sky And then the next step is uh, you know, grounded in the earth and supported by that solidity and constant exchange with the earth. And by being really in the present moment with mindfulness and joy and awareness. we are feeling enriched because we have no doubt that we are part of something much bigger than ourselves and we can align ourselves with that intelligence if we can step out of the ego and then you know we can also have uh, the courage And, you know, even the will, you know, to cultivate compassion for what's happening right now. You know, and we can dare to think a thought that's a title of a book which I've just read, which was actually very inspiring. And the title is, This Civilization is Finished. And then feeling, and you know, what does that do to your body when you hear this? This civilization is finished. I can feel you now in my belly, there is some kind of contraction, like aversion. Then I just breathe into it, just allow it to be there. That's a natural response. Not you know allowing the mind to think about something else, but just being with the experience, nauseousness, a bit I can feel that too. And then, you know, there's the wish. May all beings be free from harm. Starting with myself. That's the classic sentence for compassion. May all beings be free from harm. We can think that and at the same time you know, allow whatever is here to be here, that's not a way of uh, checking out, but that's a support for being more deeply connected with what is happening. So that's a wanting to protect, wishing absence from pain and suffering and allowing the compassion to pervade and suffuse the body and the mind. And by thinking may all beings be free from harm. And you know, allowing the feeling of compassion to pervade the body and also to radiate as far as it likes in front of us and to one side behind us and to the other side above and below just sitting in an orb of compassion and allowing that compassion to radiate without any pressure just gently allowing it to be there. So the liberation of the mind through compassion. Boundless compassion which doesn't exclude anyone. We are all together in this. and if the mind gets distracted just coming back to boundless compassion Compassion for our situation, for compassion for you know, the addiction to lack projects, compassion for everything and everyone. You know, accepting our role as a species with self-reflexive consciousness. And this awareness, you know, which we can bring to our experience. And the capacity for choice, which we can we can make choices Can take part in the evolution of life on this planet by training this capacity for awareness and compassion as well. Because they always go together. Wisdom and compassion. They're two sides of the same coin